Romans chapter 8. And it's just one of these scriptures that I proclaim all the time over my life. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I want to just speak for a moment on this thought, and that is, I know. Look at your neighbor and say, I know. You can be seated. Thank you for standing and for the reading of the word of God. I, um, I don't know if this will get me in trouble, so if Brother Chance pulls my coattail, then I'll know to uh, retract it. But um, I like watching a good movie every once in a while. Sorry. And um, I, 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 I love those, those movies that, that you think you know who the bad guy is. Like you got it all figured out, and then right at the end, you were wrong. And you're like, man, like I'll, I'll, this is going to make me a nerd, so I apologize for that in advance if that bothers you. But I, I like in the Star Wars movie, so this has already lost half of you. I get that. That's fine. But just bear with me. But in that, in that whole trilogy, you've got the, the main villain. Who is it? Do you all know who the main villain of Star Wars is? Yeah. <laughs> Right? Darth Vader, he had, you know, he needed, like, to go see the doctor or something because he had a breathing problem. But he, he's the main villain, and, and all through these three different movies, he's just really bad. And then all of a sudden, you think you know he's the bad, bad guy to stay away from him. He's the worst. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, he saves the day and becomes the good guy. It turns out, and you, 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 you go through these stories, whether in books or, or rather on videos, and you think you know it, and you think you know the end result, and then something just has a complete twist on you, and it's completely different. Um, like, two weeks ago, I was uh, with my family uh, at the beach. We go to a Labor Day trip, and it was the launch of football season, and so we sat around the house, and we watched... LSU play Florida State, and um, it was looking pretty bad, and I pretty much knew they were going to lose, and I was, had already wrote it off, and I just, they just looked bad, and all of a sudden, right at the end of the game, they marched 99 yards down the field, and they scored a touchdown, and I just know they're going into overtime, they've got it all worked out, and All of a sudden, he misses the extra point. And what I thought I knew, I didn't really know. What I thought was going to happen didn't really happen. Romans chapter 8 is just one of these amazing scriptures. He, Paul is telling the church that all things work together for the good of them that love God. There's a preacher by the name of Adrian Rogers, and he said this about Romans chapter 8 in a commentary. He said, this is not conjecture, Romans 8. This is not happenstance. This is not perhaps. This is not 
maybe. This is an ironclad certainty that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. This is not just a maybe happens or it only happens in this situation or it only happens in this moment. Paul is telling them this is something that will never change. It will never stop. No matter what's going on around you, the reality is this. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Now, I know there's tepid clapping because you're like me. And that is, I know of a lot of things that aren't good that happened to my life. But the scripture does not say all things are good. There's a lot of things in our life that are not good. Like inflation is not good. You know, I think my wife bought some frozen broccoli and it was like $8 for broccoli. And I'm about to, we're about to literally go on a complete diet of ramen noodles. Because I think they're still 99 cents for a cup. But inflation's not good. The chaos in our world's not good. I read the other day of a young lady that was killed in Baton Rouge, just found her in her car. Senior at LSU, just murdered in Baton Rouge. There's a lot of chaos in our world. There's anger in our world. There's hatred in our world. There's issues in our body. There's physical sicknesses that we're dealing with. There's things like COVID. There's all those things that just are there, and they're not good. And it would be a mockery. To say that all the things that are going on around us are good. The, the death of a child is not good. Cancer is not good. Drug addiction is not good. War is not good. Blaspheming the things of God is not good. COVID is not good. Sickness is not good. But Romans chapter 8 clearly says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Somehow, church, in the chemistry of the cross, God takes things that in and of themselves are bad, and he puts them together much as a chemist might take chemicals that in and of themselves may be dangerous, and he mixes them, and he molds them, and he works them, and it creates something that is good out of something that is not. Many of us will go eat after church today. I, I had breakfast in the uh, hotel, and I got me some eggs, and First thing I did after I bought, got those eggs and put them on the plate is I went and found me some salt to put a little salt on those eggs. I was looking, and I'm not a science uh, person at all, but table salt in its simplest concept is both sodium and chloride. By itself, sodium is not good and is poisonous, and so is chloride. But when they put them together and a chemist does whatever a chemist does and they work those two negative things together, all of a sudden we get table salt. 
And salt flavors our life and flavors our food and it makes things a little bit better. And in reality, it's a necessity for some form of life because we all need a little bit of salt in our system. And that's how God works. He can take things that are bad in and of themselves, those things that are not good that are going on in your life, those things that may be causing you frustration and fear and worry, but somehow when you get the cross and you get God involved, he puts those together and in his ultimate wisdom and in his amazing love toward you and I, he works them out for our good and in the end, he gets all the glory and he gets all the honor and somehow, some way, I don't even all understand it, but he works it all out for my good. So let me tell you what I know. You ready? It's awesome. Very little. Um, I used to think I knew a lot. And then life has a way, I'm 44, and life has a way of um, helping you to realize you maybe don't know as much as you think. Over the past couple of years, personally, and we've shared many of these stories as we've preached here, but my family's been on a journey, and, and over the past couple of years, we've had things that we thought were sure and settled, were not sure and settled, and I thought I knew people, but i just be honest, when I was at my lowest, I thought the people that loved me, I guess when I got that low, their feet got really close, and they just kept kicking, <laughs> Right? That's, it's just life. I thought I knew people. thought people were for me, and they weren't. thought I understood living for God. I really did. I, I was raised in the church. I thought I knew the love and the mercy and the goodness of God, but when, until I hit rock bottom, guess what? I didn't know about how much God loves you. Until you feel like you're worthless, when you feel utterly worthless as a human being, and yet you still can walk into a church service and feel the love of God. That'll blow your mind when you know that's how much God loves you. This is what I know. You ready? Very little, but this is what I've, life's hard. Working in ministry and leading people, that's why this man right here and this woman and, whoever, and all the ministry team leaders, these people right here, you need to build them up, not tear them down. You need to love. Ministry is hard. Now I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching, I'm meddling, but I'm sorry. But when, you, when you're trying to lead people in a world that is going away from God and you're trying to lead people into more consecration and dedication to God and there's an antichrist spirit pulling people away from God, that's a hard job. And ministry is hard, and I've learned that. Raising kids, I've got two kids, it's hard. It's hard. I heard an amen. It's, it is. I got an 11-year-old, he'll be 12 uh, in a week. And I got a 9-year-old who thinks she's a 17-year-old. And it's a challenge raising kids. Motivating people to live for God is hard. And, and sometimes, or the chance, I, I look out and, and I read Romans chapter 8. For I know that all things work together. This is not a debate. This is not a maybe. This is not a might. This is not it could work sometimes. It is a 
ironclad reality. I know that God is working all things out. And at the same time, my reality is telling me nothing's going right. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to motivate. I don't know how to, to I don't know what the answer for my kids are. I don't know how to fix this. I, I don't know how to make our world better. I don't know how to make people stop shooting one another. I don't understand all the chaos and the hurt and the anger and the frustration. And so I know that all things are working out, but my reality is saying, no, it's not. That's just me being honest and transparent. And I was praying. This was probably a couple of months ago. I was praying and I was like, God, I just don't get it. I know that it's working because my wife is amazing at this. She walks in utter faith. That's all I told Toby that she just walks in faith all the time. I am the analytical one that always starts thinking, well, you know, it's not possible. And, and, and I start trying to figure it all out. And she's like, just believe. In fact, she has a saying that all of her friends find hilarious. She said uh, she, was, she was teaching one, one Sunday and she said, if God wanted to take a ladybug and let that ladybug grab a million-dollar check and deliver it to my mailbox and put it in my mailbox, then God could do it. And so now every time you talk to her, if anything good happens to her, she just says the ladybug showed up today and just made a blessing. God can do anything. And so I was praying because I know that he's able, but what I see is not matching what I know. And God told me, what do you do, Derek, when what you know doesn't match what you see? What do you do when you come to church on Sunday and you feel the Holy Ghost like we just felt and the goosebumps on goosebumps? Did y'all feel those? Because I did. And you felt the power of God and, and all of a sudden then you go out on Monday and you're still sick. And your family's still struggling. And your job's still falling apart and your world's still chaotic. What do you do when what you know doesn't match what you see or what you feel? So this is what God told me. So I'm going to tell you and maybe you can write it down and it, it's maybe more teaching than preaching. We'll figure it out. This is what God told me to do. So I'm going to tell you the same thing. Number one, he said you got to keep your attitude right. Psalms 118, I think they have it, Psalms 118 and 24. I've read this scripture, and you've probably read it a hundred times. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's a great, great scripture. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's a great scripture. It gives us the clap and praise. But I got to thinking, look at that first four words. This is the day. It doesn't say, this is the good day. This is the well day. This is the ladybug showing up day. It just says, this is the day. That day may be filled with chaos. It may be filled with pain. It may be filled with drama. It may be filled with frustration. It may be the worst day you've ever had. It may be filled with sickness, but you've got to just keep praising the Lord because this is the day. 
this is the hour. God had you raised up in this hour. In his infinite wisdom, he had you live in 2022. I don't know why, and I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but this is your day. It may be bad. It may be good. It does not matter. I've got to keep the attitude that says I'm going to praise you no matter what. This is the day where you don't know what I've been going through. Oh, this is still the day. You don't know how bad it is. It's still the day. So let us rejoice. It's just a choice. We just make a commitment. We don't know what my day's been like. Well, you don't know what my day's like. Together we could go get coffee and tell stories and, and probably cry. But it's still the day. And it's the day God gave me. It's the day God woke me up and he set my feet on a solid rock and he put breath in my lungs. That's why the psalmist said, said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Because if you've got breath, then you're living in a day. And that day is your day to rejoice no matter how bad it gets. Because I know that all things are working together. So you just got to rejoice in spite of your circumstances. This is your day. This is your day. So you just got to rejoice and be glad in it. You just got to keep the right attitude. Keep rejoicing in spite of your day. When it's good, praise. When it's bad, praise. When you're worried, Praise. When you're sick, rejoice. When you're depressed, praise. When you're frustrated, praise. When you're sick, praise. When your mind's a mess, praise. When your kids are far from God, praise. When you lost your job, praise. When your world's falling apart, praise. This is the day. It may not be a great day, but it's still your day. And if God's with you, then who can be against you? So you just keep on believing that God is working all things out for your good. For I know. <laughs> Philippians 2. I love this. Paul told the church, he said, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more so in my absence, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> Look at verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So don't complain. Don't allow negativity what I call the mind monsters <laughs> that attack your mind to make you worry and fear. Don't, al don't do, do nothing without, do, do all things without grumbling and questioning or disputing. So what do you do when your reality doesn't line up with what you know? Or what do you do when what you know doesn't align with what you see? You keep a good attitude. In spite of the day you're having, in spite of the month, the year, the life that you've been given, for it is God 
who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's working in you to do something for you. And the end result is he will receive glory and honor and praise. So this is my day. So I'm just going to keep the right attitude. I'm going to put my shoulders back, and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other foot, and I'm going to keep praising God, and I'm going to keep loving God. And when everything's falling apart, I'm just going to say, God, this is the day. I don't understand this day. I don't even like this day. Can I trade this day in? Is there like a return package because I want another day? Can I? What, but it's what I got, and this is how I woke up, and I woke up, and I'm breathing, and I'm alive, and I've got a praise in my spirit because this is my day. So you got to keep the right attitude. The second thing God told me, he said, Derek, you just got to keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Israel, here's your plan. You ready? You're going to march around the walls six times. And on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. You're going to keep quiet. You're not going to say a word. You're just going to march. And then you're going to shout. And so the Bible says they begin to execute this plan. They begin to march around the walls for six days. They begin to march. And on that seventh day, they march seven times. And then what happens? What happens? Walls came down. So here you go. You ready? I know the plan. Plan's pretty simple. The plan is we just march. Around and around and around. But I can imagine on day three, day four, those Israelites looking at that wall saying, well, this ain't working. For what I know, I know the plan. I get it. But what I see are walls. I know the plan says the march, but my world is saying nothing's happening. The walls are still standing. I've been marching, but the walls won't come down. And I've come to tell you the same thing that Israel had to tell themselves, and that was just keep marching. Just keep marching. What do you do when your reality isn't lining up with what you know? You just keep marching. You just keep praising God. You just keep coming to church. You just keep loving God. You just keep doing the right thing. You don't give up. It may look like every wall is still standing, but you just keep marching saying, I know that he can do it. I know that he can heal. I know that he can deliver. I know that he can set free. I know that he can bring back what has been lost. In January, we'll celebrate Martin Luther King Day. I think January the 15th. One of my favorite quotes from, the Mar from Martin Luther King was this. He said, if you can't fly, then run. He said, if you can't run, then walk. He said, if you can't walk, then crawl. He said, but whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. 
So I've come to tell this church on this Sunday morning, no matter what your reality says, no matter what you're going through, you just got to keep moving forward. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he had waited and waited and waited and waited and kept trying to get a healing, but he never got it. But if he would have given up and stayed home, he would have missed his moment. You showed up on this Sunday morning and you're here and God says just keep marching because that next step that you make may be the step that enters into your miraculous moment where God touches you. You just got to keep marching. You got to keep worshiping. That man at that pool had 30 years of frustration because he would come to church and he'd go to get a step when that water was troubled and somebody else would get a blessing. It's like coming to church and you, you, you run to the altar and Chase gets a renewing and a touch and a bless and a miraculous, and you're over here still crying. Nothing. That man would take a step, and somebody else would get the miracle, and then he'd come back and take another step for 30 years and take a step. But you know what I think the greatest thing about that guy is he just kept marching. That's what the disciples said. The Lord said, are y'all going to leave me? And they said, where are we going to go? Ain't nobody like you. Let me tell you, you've been coming and praying. Maybe it's been 30 years or 30 minutes, but you keep coming to church. You keep believing God's going to heal your body. You keep believing God's going to touch your family. You keep believing God's going to touch your situation. You keep believing God's going to restore your marriage. You keep believing God's going to bring your kids back. It, it may not happen today, but it may happen today. You just keep marching. You just keep doing what's right. You keep being obedient to God. Third thing, you got to keep the right attitude because this is your day. You got to keep marching because walls don't fall overnight. And number three, you just got to focus on God. Colossians, Paul told the church in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, famous scripture, but set your affection. Now, if you get on Facebook, and you get on Instagram, and you get on the news, and you get involved in that, there's a lot to get distracted about. It's just, there's just a lot going on. 24-hour news cycle is probably the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. The ability to have, you know, back in the day, you had to wait till the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock evening news to know what was happening. Now you can get up at 3 in the morning and find out what's going on and worry about it when you should be sleeping. <laughs> In an ever-distracting world, the news, the media, we got fast food. You know, Taco Bell, have we ever thought about what we're eating? Like how quickly they're making it? That's scary. And then we're frustrated when they don't make it quicker. <laughs> I want that hamburger in less than a second. And I'm like, do we really want a hamburger that was cooked in less than a second? Like, does that really sound like a plan? <laughs> but it's what we do, right? Fast food. You know, we, money, a world's obsessed with money, drama, chaos, politics, hate, hurt, pain. There's just so much going on around us. And if we're not careful as we walk through life this way, we can't make it. 
But when we walk through life this way, now see, that requires faith. I'm really having faith that someone tells me if I get close to the edge because I don't know the platform. But this requires faith. That's why I'm getting toward the back. I know it's bigger this way. It requires faith. Faith in God that he's going to direct me and lead me. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to know all the things that are going on. I don't have to have all the answers. I told someone today, we live by promises, not by explanation. So we just live by the promises of God. And when you set your affections on things above, it's hard to get distracted by things below. And when you're walking life like this where you're just walking unto Jesus and you're trusting that all things are working together, it makes life so much easier. You may not know where you're going. You may not know how it's going to work out. But you're going to be a lot less stressed and you're going to be a lot less worried because you are trusting in God. The Bible says some put their trust in horses and chariots. But I put my trust in the Lord. Reality may be shouting one thing, but if you'll stay focused on Jesus. There's a scripture, and I'm coming to an end. There's a scripture in Daniel that we've read many times. I've read it, and I'm sure you've read it. It says in Daniel, I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to skip around, but what do you do when your reality doesn't align with what you know. Keep the right attitude because it's your day. Keep marching because walls are coming down. I think I told you all this before in a previous message, but you know Goliath was born for a purpose, and that was to go down. What you're dealing with is going to go down. I was preaching the other day. Jesus walked on water. I think the reason he walked on water to those disciples was to show them what they were so concerned about, the water, the sea that was going to take them down, was just a walk in the park with Jesus. He's got this. So just keep marching. Just keep, keep praising when you don't feel it. And then set your affection on God. Set your focus on God. And just trust will direct and order my steps. See, I don't, <laughs> the Bible says he's going to light our path, order our steps. When I do this, I truly believe that. Because if I do this, I'm in control. I can say go here, go here. But when I have my focus on him, it changes my life. Scripture in Daniel, it says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, the year King year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, and this thing was true, but the time was long. In verse 2, it says, Daniel went praying for 21 days, three weeks, praying and seeking God. Verse 3, and said he didn't eat any meat, he fasted. happened for Daniel. Verse 8 says he was alone. Saw this vision. Lost all his strength. 
21 days, he asked God to do something. He prayed and fasted. Nothing happened as we all stand. I'm done. In verse 11, it says, he said unto this angel appeared unto him. He said, Daniel, you are greatly loved. And I want you to understand these words that I speak unto you and stand upright. For I am sent. I am now sent. He said, I, Daniel began to understand this vision he had after 21 days of praying and fasting and not having any answer in his world. But look at verse 12. That angel said unto him, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your focus on me, from the first day that you set your attention on God, God heard you. In verse 13, he says, there were some things going on in the spirit realm that delayed me from getting there to you. But from the first day that you set your affection on things above, all of heaven began to operate, mobilize on your behalf. I want to tell this church today, stay focused on God. He hears every prayer that you've ever prayed. And though it may have been time, the time may be long. The answer is on its way. The miracle is on its way. The deliverance for you, for your family, is on its way. The healing for your body is on its way. Daniel. I know you've been praying, bud, and I know you feel all alone. And I know it didn't happen the way you wanted to happen or when you wanted to happen. But I just want you to know we heard you. Heard you from the first day that you started praying and setting your affections on things above. We heard you. And I've come to tell this church the answer is on the way. How do you know that? Because I know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. So I felt this this morning as I was in my room and I wanted, I just wrote this out. Let me tell you what I believe is going to happen at CLC in 2022. It may be in the 2023. I believe this church is going to baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe this church is going to see people healed by the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. 
I believe this church is going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe the gifts of the Spirit are going to manifest themselves in this, in this place. I believe this church is going to love people. They're going to love God with all their heart. I believe you guys are going to serve the Lord with everything you have. I believe you're going to go reach your world, change your community. I believe this church is going to see people delivered. You're going to see people filled with joy and peace. I believe this church is going to worship. I believe this church is going to overcome. And I believe when it's all said and done, this church is going to shout with a shout of testimony to say all things are going to work together for the good of them that love the Lord. I don't care what my reality says right now. I know that all things, somehow, some way, God in his infinite wisdom is going to take all those things and he's going to work them together for my good. I've given you my heart today and I want to open these altars as an act of faith. You take a step of faith. Your reality may be saying one thing, but I want you to be reminded about what you know. And in spite of your reality, I want you to make a commitment to keep the right attitude. I want you to make a commitment to march forward. I want you to make a commitment to stay focused on God because he's hearing your prayers and he's on his way to answer your needs. Would you step out if you want to? You don't have to, no pressure at all. But if you're here today and you want to make a reminder to yourself that though my reality says one thing, I know that all things are working for my good.